Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to go over my week number five of the NFL season power rankings. Week number four is long gone. The NFL season is flying by, already heading into week number five, kicking off Thursday all the way through Monday. And boy, do we have a doozy on Sunday night, Niners and Cowboys The biggest game of the year thus far, if I wouldn't be too wrong to say that, but we're not there just yet. We're heading into that uh, this week, but I want to share my week number five NFL power rankings with you. Before I do so, I want to ask kindly and humbly if you'd leave a like, you subscribe and leave a review on the podcast, whether it's on the audio version, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, or on YouTube, leaving a like, a sharing with your friends, and putting a comment down below goes a long way, and it's a free way to help the show if you do indeed let the content I'm bringing forth to you. And look, you guys loved NFL Week 4 Power Rankings. So without further ado, let's dive into week number five. Who is my worst ranked team in the NFL through four weeks of football? Number 32, uh, an unsurprising pick probably, considering it's one of the two 0-4 teams, one of the two winless teams going into week five of the season, that being the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are a complete mess. Uh, Justin Fields, to give him credit, did play a lot better and did feel like or look like a more competent NFL quarterback. He was making throws that he hadn't made the previous three weeks, uh, but that still was not good enough. Head coach Matt Eberflus just doesn't understand that when a game is tied, kick a field goal, always take the points. The defense is still not great in Chicago. I get they're trying to build something, but with the GM and the head coach and the quarterback all not performing well, you do have to scratch your head and and maybe even think it might be time to have another restart in Chicago. It just feels like football really has yet to be grasped. The concept of the NFL has yet to be grasped by them. Uh, Roshan Johnson looks good, but when you lose to the Denver Broncos, who we'll get to them pretty quickly here, The worst defense in football. Justin Fields, who had a pretty good game, has a fumble late and gives the Broncos the game, essentially. Just not a good look in in Chicago. They're 0-4. And really, all the hype of the offseason is gone, and we are now seeing exactly who this Bears team is. I wish they were better. I, I, I wish we were seeing Bears and Packers be more competitive, Bears and Lions be competitive, but right now it feels like Chicago is going to find themselves in that Caleb Williams conversation, and I wouldn't be surprised if they pull that trigger and trade Justin Fields and go out and acquire or draft Caleb Williams if they are the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Bears, number 32. The Giants are my number 31 team falling two spots. Uh, The Giants suck. (laughs) Um, I hate to say that because coming into this year, they were a team I think many fans pointed to and say, yes, they may have you know, outkicked their coverage last year, beating the Vikings in the playoffs, but they did beat the Vikings in the playoffs. And you have players like Saquon Barkley and you have a what seems like the entire NFL free agent class as your receiving core. They have like 17 receivers. Then you have a young upstart defense with a good head coach behind them and felt like this could be the year where they Maybe not take that next step, but in certain areas grow as a young team. And 
by all intents and purposes, they have fallen as a team. You have Brian Dable, who is throwing iPads or the Microsoft Surface Pros at Daniel Jones on the sideline. You got Daniel Jones playing some of the worst football he ever has under Brian Dable. They just seem lost as an offense. It feels like Daniel Jones is just kind of willy-nilly out there and doesn't care as much. I'm not saying he doesn't care, but it feels like that there is a lack of... I don't want to say it feels like there's a lack of urgency offensive uh, offensively when you are facing teams like Dallas and the, you know the, the Niners it feels like they are falling behind and then Seattle on Monday it feels like that the Giants should be in these games on paper their defense is young enough they're aggressive enough where yes they have their their holes that's fine they're a young team who should be able to win nine games this year ten games this year but they might find themselves winning six if they're lucky seven or eight games if they don't turn this thing around. Right now, Brian Dable's uh, Coach of the Year award last year feels like a fluke, and I don't think that it is. He's a good head coach, but you know it just feels like they are kind of walking on eggshells. Uh, Matt Lombardi, I don't love the guy, but he said that <laughs> he said that egos have infiltrated the locker room. Guys feel underappreciated. And you have Saquon Barkley, who is hurt. You have guys like Dexter Lawrence, who feel like they're not getting the cash flow they deserve. And Daniel Jones making $40 million almost every single year under that contract. He just signed this past offseason. You paid the wrong guy in New York, and you are suffering the consequences of your actions. Number 31 in my Week 5 Power Rankings. Number 30, the other 0-4 team on... in the season in the NFL so far is the Carolina Panthers. And I like the Panthers. I like their makeup. I like their team. Their defense should be stronger than it is. And in fact, their defense has performed really well, keeping them in the majority of the games they played so far. And Bryce Young, a young quarterback who you know he's going to struggle early as most young quarterbacks do. It's unlikely you have the C.J. Strouds playing extremely well or the Anthony Richardsons at least showing you something that make you go, wow, Bryce Young has yet to do that. That's okay. Some guys acclimate differently, but it's the offense lacking punch. The offense not having this true superstar on offense. And, you know, this wouldn't have happened, but I do think about what if they had D.J. Moore what if they had Christian McCaffrey? And again, I get that's not how the NFL works. You can't play the ifs and the buts. But now the Panthers are trying to apparently acquire a number one receiver. Okay, maybe you get T. Higgins. Maybe you find a Cortland Sutton. Does that change your offense? Certainly a little bit. But my bigger concern is what is Frank Reich doing? Um, Frank Reich, who I like as a head coach, thought he was a good hire, have faith in him that in a weaker NFC South... Maybe you surprise a team. Look at the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield's out there playing fairly well through four games. Look at the Saints. If a great defense, bad quarterback play and are still surviving, then you have teams like Carolina who you're like, oh man, like you're on the cusp of winning these games. But poor offensive line play, which I think does fall on Frank Reich. You find yourself in a situation saying, did Carolina make a mistake in hiring him, and I don't think they did, but I do have to wonder, did Frank Reich leave his best coaching in Indianapolis 
what, three, four, five years ago. It feels like ever since, I don't know, 2021, things have yet to be the same for him. And it feels like that's carried over into Carolina. And Bryce Young's already been hurt once. You can't have that happen again for a young quarterback. You don't want to see a Tua situation or an RG3 situation. They dropped five spots in my power rankings, their own four, and my 30th ranked team in football so far. Then the Las Vegas Raiders at one and three. No more winless teams, but a bunch of bad teams coming up next. Raiders are number 29 on my list, dropping two spots from 27 one week ago. Uh, the annual Jimmy Garoppolo injury has already occurred with a concussion. Pushed to play, didn't end up happening. Uh, their defense is awful. It's Max Crosby and nobody else. Uh, you have Chandler Parsons on social media making just insane claims and Maybe some are true, doesn't seem like they are, but it feels like he needs to find some help, and I certainly hope he does so, but it's Max Crosby and nobody else on that defense, and for a team that wasn't expected to do much when it came to battling the Buffalo Bills or the Chargers or the Chiefs, it felt like that they could be a team that, if anything, squeaks into that final wildcard spot. Uh, they look like one of the worst teams in football through a month and with Jimmy Garoppolo seemingly coming back this week, they had to rely on Aiden O'Connell last week, which young quarterback, a rookie making his first start, didn't play too bad. They're scrappy, they fight, but my questions rely on the offense or are on the offense. What is Josh McDaniel doing? Um, we know Jimmy Garoppolo well out here in San Francisco, and I do like Jimmy G as a quarterback, but understand he does have limitations. It feels like... Josh McDaniel doesn't understand that despite having coached Jimmy prior to him coming to San Francisco. You have Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in football, at least last year, leading the NFL and rushing yards. You have Devontae Adams, a top three receiver in football, if not number one, next to Justin Jefferson. Um, and then you trade away Darren Waller. Okay, you have Michael Mayer now in the building. You have weapons. Hunter Renfro is still there. You have weapons that should be able to improve the offense production and a quarterback that if you utilize him correctly can play winning football now is jimmy g going to be the reason you win unlikely but if you utilize him in play action in the quick game you are going to find more success but it seems like mcdaniels is or mcdaniel is letting jimmy garoppolo drop back 30 times a game and throw the ball 45 yards 60 yards downfield that's not his style of play and I have to question, what are the Raiders doing offensively? You're seeing, you know, head coach Mark Davis yell at fans in Allegiant Stadium and at SoFi Stadium that are upset at him. The Fire McDaniels train is off the rails currently. They want him gone already. And you're having Mark Davis say, use your head when it comes to fans wanting that. The Raiders, despite having offensive weaponry, despite having a head coach locked in for the next five years, and a defensive star, they look dysfunctional through one month. I hope that changes. I root for former 49ers, but through four weeks, Raiders are ranked number 29 and dropping two spots on my power rankings this week. Now, the next team has jumped up three spots from number 31, up into number 28, the Denver Broncos got their first win of the season. And dare I say that on paper, and really through, through actually their, their play, <laughs> despite giving up 70 points against the Dolphins, the Broncos are playing better than the Las Vegas Raiders. 
that's crazy to say. Um, but Russell Wilson is no longer the problem in Denver. In fact, it is solely the defense today. They even uh, they even cut Randy Gregory, um, wanting to go in a youth movement on defense. They have Patrick Sertain. They have some. I don't want to say stars, but they have some pieces that should work out there in Denver, but just aren't. Um, it feels like that Denver right now with Sean Payton at the helm is they're trying to retool, but the retool was happening at such a slow rate. Now, maybe that's because you traded so many picks for Payton himself and Russell Wilson. You kind of put yourself behind the eight ball where Russell Wilson isn't the quarterback, despite playing actually really well so far this year to carry a team. The offense is putting up over 20 points a game, it feels like, almost every single Sunday, but that defense cannot withstand any pressure. They can't stop the pass. They can't get to the quarterback. This is not Denver Broncos defense we've been known uh, to see with Von Miller back there and Bradley Chubb and other stars alongside them. This feels like a team that has a veteran quarterback paying them a ton of money. Like, the Broncos feel like the, the way to not build a team. Pay the head coach and a quarterback a ton of money and hope it works out. I would not be surprised if they're selling assets at the deadline, trying to recoup some picks to build the defense back up, and you can find receivers in the third and fourth and fifth round in the draft. You can't find defensive players or impact players in those rounds, usually, unless you're drafting players like Dre Greenlaw or DJ Jones or Fred Warner, which those guys aren't uh, very likely to be in this year's draft. But I digress. The Broncos jumping three spots ahead of the Raiders, ahead of a division rival, into number 28, being 1-3 this year. The next team didn't want to penalize too much because what did we expect to happen? The Arizona Cardinals are my number 27 team in my power rankings. 1-3 so far this year, dropping one spot from 26 to 27. Uh, this is a team that first-year defensive excuse me, first-year head coach, defensive-minded head coach in Jonathan Gannon, a first-year play caller for their offensive coordinator, and a team that's trying to install and kind of, you know, they are rebuilding as we speak. They have a young offense that can push against better defenses. They beat Dallas uh, for, I don't know, a quarter and a half. They had San Francisco at a five, eight-point discrepancy. It felt like that the Cardinals are building to something. They have a team that's bought into what Gannon or Gannon, <laughs> what Gannon is preaching. And once they get Kyler Murray back, now I'm not saying it's a massive jump, but they should see some improvement where they can beat a team like Dallas. They can fight against a team like Philadelphia or fight against the more average teams like the Rams, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints in the NFC. And maybe with Murray healthy, Next year, later this year, potentially, they could show some even bit more sparks and fight for a playoff spot next year. But so far this year, um, not a great team. They want to get some more draft picks to build this team up and fill out the personnel that's currently missing. Right now, 1-3, dropping one spot to 27 in my power rankings. The next team, a team that came in with maybe wild card aspirations, but have looked like an absolute disaster, despite having if not the greatest head coach of all time, one of the greatest head coaches of all time, and one of the best defensive-minded coaches of all time, that being the Patriots, led by Bill Belichick. All the talk of the offseason was 
They may not have the weapons, but once you get an actual offensive coordinator in there, Bill O'Brien now back in the building, to help Mac Jones, they should see improvement. So far, this team looks like an utter disaster. One in three. They've been shell-shocked by the Dallas Cowboys this past week. Just felt like they quit on the team. Mac Jones went rogue on the roster, on the offense, and started doing his own thing. What did that lead to him being benched? I would not be surprised if Robert Kraft sitting up there saying, look, uh, Bill Belichick, I'm sorry, you're a great head coach. Thank you for everything. Time to retire and wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones is no longer on this team if things continue this way once the season ends. But this defense doesn't look great. They're fine. Have some injuries now. Matthew Judon's out for an extended period of time. We'll see how long that lasts. Christian Gonzalez is now out. They just acquired back J.C. Jackson, so we'll see if he can kind of return to form. Will be a big boost for that secondary, but right now, the Patriots on offense especially feel like one of the worst units in football with a bad offense and a mediocre defense behind them or a better, you know, Number 12 defense behind them. They just can't overcome how bad the offense has been. Number 26 in my power rankings, dropping two spots from 24 to 26. Next, a team that I thought was going to be number 31, number 30 all year long, but it shows you that week by week things change in the NFL. The New York Jets are my number 25 team. They jumped up five spots. Zach Wilson had his best game of the season so far, and I know it doesn't say much. It really doesn't go into how the entire season is going to play out, but he outdueled Patrick Mahomes for three and a half quarters. Now, one massive fumble later, and we're sitting back saying, man, they still might have a quarterback problem, but you see this team trying to rally behind Zach Wilson, trying to kind of pick him up along the way. This team, for whatever reason, or if it's the right choice or not, feel committed to Zach Wilson. And I think on Sunday night against the Chiefs, he proved that he can win them some games. Now, the Chiefs are a better team than I think people give them credit for. Uh, they, but they did hold Mahomes and Kelsey to a rather poor game. What, two picks off Mahomes could have very easily been three. The defense still looks extremely strong and in fact could have actually won this game had it not been for some referee interference on a couple holding calls that were called and were not called against the Jets and Kansas City. So they lost the game. They're 1-3, but the effort they showed in Zach Wilson's performance jumps them up five spots to number 25. Okay, number 32 through 25 again the bears giants panthers raiders broncos cardinals patriots and jets that jumps us into teams that could fight for a wild card spot but more than often than not are going to find themselves around 500 to end the year and right now definitely find themselves around 500 you will see one three and one team in this grouping from number 24 to 15 and number 24, I think, um, of all the teams on this list, this is the team that could be 4-0, and rather should be 4-0, if they would just change the quarterback. The Atlanta Falcons this year want to run the football. You go draft Bijan really high, probably the best prospect ever, or one of the best running back prospects of all time in draft history, 
or at least the past 23 years, right? He's incredible. You have Tyler Algier. You want to ground and pound your way to victories. You have Kyle Pitts, who is underutilized in this offense. You have Drake London, who is a good young receiver in the defense that's trying to keep you in games. An offensive line that's performing pretty well. Then you have the clear-cut weak spot of this team, and that is Desmond Ritter. If there is any quarterback in football that should be benched, it is Desmond Ritter. He is single-handedly, his poor play has cost this team, if not two, at least one win so far. This team should be at least 3-1 and one and leading the NFC South. It is a joke how poorly he's played. I get you want to give him a chance, but he wasn't a first-round pick. You didn't trade assets for him. He's a third-round pick. You wanted to see what you had in him. That was what last year's for. That is what training camp was for this year. You have Taylor Heineke on the bench. He's not a world beater, but he's a top-tier backup quarterback in football. He led Washington to having a near-playoff appearance last year, and right now should be this team's starting quarterback going into Week 5. Unfortunately, he's not. He should be. But right now, Arthur Smith, I don't know what you're waiting for. Pull the trigger, bench Desmond Ritter, and you might see this team be 3-2, and 4-2 and two in the next six or the next once we're at week six. It feels like this team is unfortunately being held back by the worst quarterback in football. And for a defense playing well and an offense that has weapons around him, uh, Taylor Heineke should be this team's starting quarterback. Falcons are number 24, dropping six spots on my rankings. The biggest fall, the biggest drop on my power rankings this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers, dropping nine spots, nearly 10 spots from 14 to 23. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know where to start. The defense is still strong. They're still good. T.J. Watt's having an insane year, and in fact, the defense has led them and carried them to two victories on the year, one against the Raiders and one against the Browns, who will find out where they rank later in my power rankings. The defense is still good. Mike Tomlin has his defense ready to go. It is the offense. You have Matt Canada, who again, I've said plenty of times, is one of the worst offensive coordinators in football. Don't know how he still has a job, but now Kenny Pickett is hurt and, and an offense that isn't utilizing George Pickens very well, doesn't have Deontay Johnson, and in sitting back and you have two young running backs in Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, but isn't utilizing them correctly as well. Now you have a downgrade at quarterback. This team could easily fall to two and three. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of it, they like this could be Mike Tomlin's you know, first losing season ever because of how poorly Matt Canada has this offense playing. They're not good. They're inconsistent. And whether it's Pickett or not, they would still be here at 2-2 two and two with this record. Um, they're just not a good offense. And unfortunately, kind of like Atlanta, they're being held back by a poor offense, dropping nine spots to number 23. Then you have, I think, maybe the biggest surprise of a bad team this year, that is the Cincinnati Bengals. They were my pick to go to the AFC Championship game against the Dolphins. Now, my Dolphins pick looks really good so far, but with the Bengals right now, they're sitting here. They're at 2-2. Two and two. They can certainly find their way, but Joe Burrow has no mobility. The offense looks stagnant. The O-line looks putrid. 
and the defense is playing fine. The Bengals this year, through I don't know, four games, have dropped five spots so far and are one of the worst teams in football that should be one of the best. Excuse me. <coughs> Gotta cough sometimes, right? Anyways, the Bengals, not a great team, despite having Mixon and Jamar Chase and I really do wonder how much Joe Burrow's calf injury is holding him back. He's taking sack after sack. This offense looks just held back by his health. I'm I would not be surprised if it, if they fall to 2 and 4 or 2 and 5, they just say Burrow get healthy. We'll go the backup quarterback route, rest their players, actively tank and try to find someone like a Marvin Harrison Jr. If you trade T. Higgins at the trade deadline to get some draft picks back, you can improve the offensive line, hopefully. And you can also go reacquire another star receiver in the draft if you are that that that, that bad when it's all said and done. But I hope Joe Burrow gets healthy. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football when he can actually move around and be mobile. Unfortunately, he's not that. He's a statue, and it's held this offense back the past couple weeks. Didn't look great against the Rams. Looked awful against Tennessee. The Bengals are my number 22 team, dropping five spots in my power rankings. Then you have the Minnesota Vikings, who I think Minnesota right now is... They're a team that is always in the game. This offense is going to keep them in the game. Against the Eagles, could have won that one. Against the Chargers, should have won that game. And against the Panthers this past weekend, did get their first win of the season. Now 1-3 on the year. Kirk Cousins is going to do Kirk Cousins things. Jefferson's going to do Jefferson-like things. Turnovers are killing them in the defense, despite not having personnel, has played better as of recent. But look, they're 1-3. The season isn't over yet. I think they're worse than they were last year, but the offense still has some firepower in it, led by Kirko Cousins. <laughs> and they're 1-3. The Packers aren't running away with the division. The Lions are certainly the best team in the division, but... There could be a fight towards the end where the Vikings trend upwards, and I could see them picking up steam after getting their first win of the season. Now, my biggest jump, or my second biggest jump, is my number 20 team, now 2-2 two and two on the year, led by former Niners defensive coordinator and former San Francisco 49er coach Bobby Slowick at offensive coordinator, the Deneco Ryans-led Houston Texans, uh, they're playing insane football currently. You want to give credit again to Ryans and Slowick, but also Tank Dell playing great. Uh, Nico Collins playing solid receiver for them. And more importantly, CJ Stroud looks like an instant impact, real deal rookie quarterback, having one of the most impressive four game starts to a career maybe ever. Now, I get it's Houston. They're not going to, like, when it's all said and done, probably aren't going to be a wild card team, but the AFC South is not great. Every single team is currently 2-2. Two and two. They're right there in the thick of this thing after a month, right where you want to be for your, for a young team trying to rebuild and install a new regime and build up uh, a new you know way of life out there in Houston following was a disaster of the Sean Watson and Bill O'Brien's in previous years. Um, Demeco Ryans has this team believing in him, 
And right now, Stroud's playing out of his mind two and two. My second biggest jump so far, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend, and it really wasn't that close. The Texans number 20 team in football at two and two, jumping eight spots. Then you have my number 19 team, the New Orleans Saints falling seven spots from number 11 to 18. I don't know why Derek Carr played this weekend. I I, I give him the effort and I, I give him the credit for kind of battle this thing out and push himself to play. But if you can't throw, and let's be honest here, Derek Carr is, all, is all, already a timid quarterback in the league. He threw the ball to Alvin Kamara 13 times for like 40 yards. If you take out a 10-yard catch Kamara had, he had 12 catches for 22 yards. You want to call dink and dunk, check down Charlie. In the dictionary, it's Derek Carr's face right next to it. The offense has no power, no firepower, excuse me, has no punch. Uh, the offense looks lackluster. The defense looks great, just like the Falcons, just like teams like the Steelers. The Saints feel like a very defensive-heavy team where they have Marshawn Lattimore, they had Demario Davis. Um, they're doing their job for the most part, but the offense just can't get anything going. Um, right now, I get it. You're 2-2. Two and two. You can probably push the Buccaneers to win. The De wow. <laughs> had a national wireless emergency alert system text. Thank you, U.S. government. You know, but back to football. I apologize. The Saints aren't a great team. Quarterback play is not very well. Hope your ears aren't uh, demolished because of the alert system. Got a bunch of crap going on <laughs> in the backs and stuff, so I apologize. But back to football again. Uh, my number 18 team. Saints ain't great, but the next team might be one of the bigger surprises now. They had a roster that wasn't great last year, but not having your running back, Jonathan Taylor, has certainly maybe, I don't want to say held the offense back because they are 2-2, two and two, and their quarterback so far, Anthony Richardson looks great, having a phenomenal start to his you know, first four games, only played three games so far, missing one game against the Ravens, so through three games looks really strong. The pocket presence is there. Um, the mobility is there. And the fight, like you want to see a young quarterback rally the troops. They're going to make mistakes with their decision making. That's what uh, getting reps and experience is for. Richardson so far, what he did against the Rams, who aren't a great defense, mind you, but are probably playing above um, their expectations so far through four weeks, Bringing that team back down 23 points and forcing overtime was awesome to see. A young quarterback telling a team that, you know, we don't have our best offensive weapon in Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to help push this team almost to victory at home was awesome to see. Shane Steichen has that offense rolling when it comes to having so many young assets and weapons on the offense. The defense looks strong, not great, but strong. DeForest Buckner's still playing good out there in, Indi in Indianapolis. Um, this team is not going to be a world beater, but knowing the AFC South has Trevor Lawrence and Stroud and now Richardson there, it's really like that could be one of the best divisions in football 
if these guys can kind of keep this thing rolling. The Colts look strong through a month. Like what I see, my number 18, my number 18 team on my power rankings. Then you have the Washington Commanders, a team that could have beaten the Eagles. I was rooting for them to beat the one of the two remaining undefeated teams in football heading into week number four. Dolphins lose against the Bills. Commanders pushed hard against Philadelphia, forcing overtime, coming back with a one-second touchdown play to force OT. And this is a team that has played well against Philadelphia in the past. I like what Sam Howell is doing. Um, they have the offensive weapons. The ground game is still strong. Brian Robinson uh, and Gibson out there are doing their job. The defense looks really good. Um, yes, you love a better offense or a better quarterback, excuse me, but you have Sam Howell playing feisty quarterback play and really showing that he may not be an amazing quarterback, but he can lead you to victory or at least get this team in position to get a handful of wins against good teams this year. They're doing that so far. Um, already have a handful of comeback wins against the Broncos and the Cardinals this year. And again, could have beaten one of the best teams in football and are only one game behind them currently in the standings, or excuse me, now two games, could have been one game behind them at 3-1 and one, uh, with Philadelphia and the Dallas Cowboys uh, right above them on the, on the, on the standings in the, in the NFC East. So they fall two, but a really strong day for the Commanders in week number four. My number 16 team is the Green Bay Packers falling seven spots. Through three weeks, I really liked what I saw from Jordan Love. I liked what I saw from the offense. Not having Aaron Jones um, against the Saints, still fighting, really not having much of a running game with A.J. Dillon not playing well, um, not looking like his previous self, but throwing the ball extremely well. And against the Lions, they just came out flat at home, mind you. And I get the Lions are a better team, but the Packers defense came into this week looking really good. Um, did not leave the same. I still like Jordan Love, a young quarterback in his first true year starting. You're getting healthy on offense again. Christian Watson's now back in the fray. Um, there is reason to believe they'll bounce back and continue to improve. But after losing to the Lions in a really ugly fashion, on Thursday Night Football at Lambeau. You have to fall seven spots to 16 uh, with being 2-2 two and two on the year. My number 15 team up one spot, and they're 3-1. and one. Um, You are going to see teams that are 3-1 uh, and one or 2-2 two and two ahead of this team as well in my rankings, but so far 3-1. and one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Baker Mayfield's being Baker Mayfield, feeling himself sometimes little too much, and sometimes that can get himself in trouble, but the defense is playing really good football right now. Uh, Vita Vey is playing great. You got Shaq Barrett playing really well, and that secondary looks to be, I don't want to say back to their 2020 form, but look to have kind of refound a part of themselves they've lost last year. 
Um, the offensive line's playing a little bit better, and the running game has been with Bashad White a little bit improved this year. Uh, Mike Evans is hurt. Not sure how long that's going to last. Could be a long time, uh, but hopefully it's not too long because you have Evans, you have Godwin. You're giving Baker Mayfield some of the best receivers, if not the best pair of receivers he's ever had in his career. And so far, they're 3-1. and one. They did, although not play well against the Eagles, didn't play poorly. And through three and a half quarters, three quarters, we're battling back and forth in that game. So I like what I've seen so far. Now, if there is one three and one team I'm not sold on, and it certainly is the Buccaneers, they can easily fall down in the rankings a lot. Um, there are teams above them or behind them that I do like, being the Packers, the Commanders, and honestly, right now, probably the Bengals. Um, but they're playing well. They deserve to be at my number 15 spot. Um, and I like what I've seen so far from Mayfield and Todd Bowles right now. They're playing well. This could be a team that, in a weaker NFC South, continues to battle and fight. And they have some grit. Uh, being an Oklahoma Sooner fan, I've seen Baker Mayfield you know, show the feisty, angsty side of him. And it's a good sign so far. And I like what I've seen through a month of the season. Don't think it'll keep up, but through a month, good job by Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Number 14. My 24 through 15 teams, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals, Vikings, Texans, Saints, Colts, Commanders, Packers, and Buccaneers, 14 through 11 are kind of this, I don't want to say they are, they are easily teams that you can point to and say they could tank in two weeks time, but also teams that are finding their rhythm that are hard to kind of put a finger on though, where they could be a lot better, but certainly could be a lot worse kind of find themselves in between um their their ceiling is playoff team their floor is you know bottom 13 team in football um my number 14 team is Tennessee Titans uh Ryan Tannehill's been a week by week quarterback but against the Bengals looked like he was in his bag Derrick Henry's throwing touchdown passes again Mike Rabel's one of the best coaches in football and when you can give Derrick Henry the football 250 times a year with that big body he has, he can literally, literally and metaphorically carry your offense to victory. They're 2-2 two and two on the year, up eight spots from where they were last week into my number 14 spot. Like what I see, the defense is playing well again out there in Tennessee. They're climbing. We'll see who they are next week, but through a month, looking strong and Again, in a weak AFC South, all those teams are 2-2. Two and two. Somebody has to come out on top. My pick will be, we'll see him pretty soon here, but the Titans do have a say in what happens when the year is over with. My number 13 team, the LA Rams up six spots from 19 to 13 again. Uh, Matthew Stafford's playing great football. Yes, he is turnover prone at times. Um, you're trying to fit the ball in so many different arm angles and in, in small windows, but they're getting Cooper Cup back, I think, this week. They're 2-2 two and two so far, staying alive. The defense has played better than expected through four games. Aaron Donald's back to his defensive player of the year self. If it was me and I was the Rams, I would go out there and sign Randy Gregory, give you some more oomph on the defense and help a young secondary out by hopefully getting pressure to the quarterback. The Rams look fine. We'll see what Puka Nakua does and, and, and Tutu I'll do once Cooper Cup comes back. What is their role going to be? Is that going to change? 
is it going to diminish? Um, I do think the Rams need to find themselves a running back, though. I'm not sure who that is, but Kyron Williams is a fine piece, but he's not going to be this bell cow back for you. Now, in this offense, your bell cow really is Matthew Stafford, but you cannot throw the football 45, 41 times in this league and expect not to give the ball away unless you're Patrick Mahomes, who even when he does that, you expect a pick at times. So if I'm the Rams at the deadline, if they're fighting for a wild card spot, which they should be, mind you, I would try to find myself another edge rusher and a running back. But through one month, I like what I see. They're playing above the expectation and you're getting your best offensive player back in the fold should give them a boost heading into week number five. Now, my final AFC South team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, out in London this past week, staying in London this week, up nine spots from number 21 to number 12. Yes, I know the Jaguars have been this up and down team through one month, but look, how long is a Doug Peterson-led team with Trevor Lawrence playing quarterback and a really strong receiving core with Christian Kirk, one of the better slot receivers in football, and Calvin Ridley back off suspension, how long are they going to play poorly? Um, My money would not be on very long. This is a team last year who, yes, they eked into the playoffs, but they certainly pushed the Kansas City Chiefs to their limit in the playoffs last year. I think they're going to play better as the season progresses. Wouldn't be surprised if they're fighting um, a team like the Chiefs, if the Bengals can find their way again, or at least in the AFC playoffs in the deep rounds of the playoffs. If the Bengals still suck and the Chiefs are in the mix, I can see the Jaguars upsetting somebody. Um, They have an improved roster. They should be playing better. I think we're going to see them come, come out of their you know, four weeks of mediocre play and kind of find out who they are. And all it took was a trip across the pond out there in London. I think they'll win this week, but through a month, it's not been great, but I think we're seeing them kind of come out of their shell and back to who they were last season. Number 11, arguably the team I, I don't want to say dislike the most, but the team I have the least faith in of maybe the quote-unquote guaranteed playoff spot teams or a team that you look at and say they have one of the best quarterbacks in football, certainly a top eight player when it comes to quarterbacking. They have two strong edge rushers, and they have one of the best running backs who's currently hurt in Austin Eckler. That is the Los Angeles Chargers. Up two spots here. Um, The head coaching is still baffling. You pay J.C. Jackson all this money, He's played poorly and you traded him back to the Patriots and are still paying him to not play for you. Just just one of the worst moves, which I don't think anybody saw coming, but injuries happen. Now he's gone. You have one of the worst defenses when it comes to secondary play. Um, I like Asante Samuel Jr. Um, I like Derwin James. I believe Derwin James is hurt again. Now Justin Herbert's hurt and Austin Eckler is still out. It's not a good sign for what their hopes of the season were, being a playoff team, maybe even pushing the Chiefs for the division. Um, Again, I don't trust Brandon and Staley. Just, they give me the ick, they give me the uneasy feeling of one week they're putting up 45 points and giving up 48. The next week, 
they're scoring 28 points and their defense is giving up 27. I, I don't like teams that are in these one-score games late because they can go either way. Um, they give me very Vikings last season's vibes of one-score games. You win it closely, but and, and you win 10, you know, nine games, and you squeak into the playoffs, but you lose in round one. For the Chargers, it feels very much like a repeated last season. The injury bugs already hit them, and the AFC West that has the Chiefs, the Raiders and Broncos, although all those teams aren't great, you also have the AFC South playing good football currently, and you have two teams in the AFC East who look like the best teams in football, at least out of the AFC. I don't know if the Chargers get in, but I have to give Herbert the credit. He's carrying this offense, and Khalil Mack had five sacks against the Raiders. This team, they're good enough to be a playoff team, but I just, I just don't know about the Chargers. But right now, just outside my top 10 at number 11 are the LA Chargers. Now let's dive into the top 10. Again, 14 through 11, Titans, Rams, Jaguars, and Chargers. And my number 10 team, I'm hoping you have waited 45 minutes for this to get inside my top 10. The Cleveland Browns, yes, I know, they somehow jumped up one spot despite losing against the Ravens. I have a hard time knocking a team that doesn't have a running back who they're not going to have all year long and a late scratch in Deshaun Watson. It's hard to give this team an improvement in raking, but I do think that had Watson been healthy, this game looks a lot different. Their defense is still one of the best in football. Miles Garrett's playing out of his mind. And I do think the Browns deserve to be inside the top 10. Now, how long does that last? I'm not sure, but I couldn't drop them in really a game that really wasn't their fault in losing. You have injuries to the most important position in football. I cannot blame you for that. They're inside my top 10 to begin my top 10 ranking. Number nine, though, the Seattle Seahawks up one spot from 10 to nine. Um, they killed the New York Giants on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, I don't love Geno Smith as a quarterback, but Geno Smith has this team fighting. Pete Carroll's one of the best head coaches in football. Going to have his team ready to play. And if that defense plays half as good as it did against the Giants, this team is going to continually be inside my top 10. Devon Weatherspoon looked awesome against Daniel Jones and the Giants. Now, how much is that saying? I'm not sure, but the the pressure was getting to Daniel Jones. Credit goes to their defensive line out there in Seattle. Um, they have three solid running backs, Kenneth Walker, DJ Jallis, and Charbonnet. Of course, they have Metcalf and Lockett still playing well on the outside and, and, and inside the slot. Um, they're a fine team that is going to continually find themselves being you know, on the upper echelon of football rankings because they're well-coached, they have a solid enough defense, and offense is going to keep them in games, and a running game that is going to help win them games. The Seattle Seahawks, by number nine team, uh, being 3-1 and one this year. The next two teams have not jumped or moved at all. I have the Ravens and Lions at 8-7. and seven. Now, the Ravens Lamar Jackson's playing at an MVP level. He looks awesome so far. And the Lions being 3-1, going into Lambeau, just rocking the Packers defense, who was a really good unit coming into this week. I didn't want to change them too much because 
I can't give the Browns credit for losing or knock them for losing. I really can't give the Ravens credit for winning too much. I think eight makes sense for who's ahead of them. Maybe you can swap these two teams. I wouldn't have a problem with that, both of them being three and one, but didn't want to give the Lions and Ravens too much credit. The Lions aren't better than who's ahead of them from a six to one. The Ravens might be ahead of the Lions, but right now it's a swap of one team. They're right there at eight and seven. It could change, but the Ravens are playing really good football and so are the Lions. I, I wanted to keep them inside my top 10 because both those teams are playing good football right now. Um, and the Ravens are banged up. Hopefully they're going to get healthy. So maybe the Ravens are better than eight. Could be inside the top five when it's all said and done after this week. Depending on what happens with the Niners and Cowboys game, we shall see. But number six, dropping one spot, are the Kansas City Chiefs. Dare I say the Chiefs have looked human this year. Uh, Mahomes is still Mahomes, but through two picks, could have easily thrown three picks and had the Jets upset the Chiefs. This team is probably ranked number eight, number nine in my power ranking. They won the game. You have to give them credit for that. But the Chiefs didn't really get to utilize Kelsey too much. Um, it was it was a lot of referee help and a lot of Mahomes playing superhero late in the game to extend plays with his legs. I, Isaiah Pacheco looks awesome so far. If they can utilize him on the ground, it's going to improve their offense immensely. The defense looks better than previous years, but the Chiefs feel like a team that hasn't hit their stride just yet, or maybe I'm being duped and thinking that there is an, you know, the, the next level for them to reach. It feels like that this is either who the Chiefs are, a top you know, six, seven, eight team in football, or they're a team that is going to struggle against better defenses in football, which hasn't happened in the past. I will certainly see when they play teams, whether it's in the playoffs, because they're, they're going to be there for sure. But I do, I, I do want to see who they are and how they play against better defenses in football. Because right now, didn't play great against the Lions in week one. Week one, wash it away. Killed the Bears, the worst team in football. Here's your credit, cool. And you don't play great against the Jets. I don't really know who the Chiefs are, but when it's Mahomes and it's Kelsey and Andy Reid, you have to give those guys the benefit of the doubt, my number 16. Okay, number five. Ross there, folks, five through number one. My number five team is, despite winning by a lot of points, the Dallas Cowboys. The only reason why the Cowboys are not ranked higher is because the Buffalo Bills jumped them and the Dolphins in my rankings this week. But the Cowboys, number five, they've blown out two opponents so far this year. Um, Dak Prescott's still not playing great football. Um... That's probably going to upset Cowboy fans. Right now, he's not playing a top five quarterback ranking. But I can argue, Dak Prescott has been one of the more, you know, mediocre quarterbacks this year. This past week was the first time they threw a touchdown to a receiver this year. I believe CeeDee Lamb had two of them. But right now, the Dallas Cowboys look like an offense that is kind of stagnant or just can't find their rhythm so far. They're not hitting you deep downfield. They've kind of you know, kind of adapted this, you know, quick passing game, which Dak hasn't played well in so far. It's helped him not get sacked, but 
it's just not been the Dallas Cowboys of last year or even 2021 where they had the best offense in football statistically. It feels like an offense where with McCarthy calling plays now, they really haven't found themselves so far and they're going to face their biggest test coming up this week against the Niners in Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. I don't love the Dallas Cowboys this year. They have a good defense. Parsons is playing great. Um, I just don't buy them being a legit contender yet, but you win against San Francisco, we're going to have a lot to talk about and they can easily have me buying in after week number five, but through four weeks, got them at number five, three and one, not too shabby, one game behind the Philadelphia Eagles. My next team, also a three and one, number four dropping from number two all the way to four, the Miami Dolphins. You put up 70 against the Broncos and you left almost your entire offense out there. The Buffalo Bills just came out and said, you're, you're not the best team in the AFC East. We are. The Jets lost probably a fluke uh, in week one for Buffalo. The Dolphins, still one of the best teams in football. The offense is riding high, still put up, what, 20 points uh, against Buffalo. They're still a good team. They're explosive. They're fast, but... The Buffalo Bills scored 40 on them, <laughs> and it wasn't a back and forth. It was an instant annihilation of the Dolphins' defense. Um, still like Tua, still like that team, but after week four, you're 3-0, and you're feeling great, but after week four, it dropped to 3-1, and and I think it really did expose the Dolphins offensively and defensively this year. Um, not a great defense, but... You have to give them credit. The offense is still one of the best in football, I believe, still averaging the most points, even after only scoring 20 against the Bills. You put up 70. You can't not be outside the top five. So the Dolphins here, number four, dropping two spots from two to four. Number three team, jumping up three spots, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen looks like the Madden curse. Doesn't matter anymore. Stefan Diggs is playing great. The defense is playing really well. Um, and this offense is humming at one of the best rates in football. I believe the second highest scoring offense in the league so far. The defense playing really well. Now, they did lose to various White, so we, we will see, you know, how they look after this week and what that secondary looks like. A big loss for them. It sucks. He's one of the best cornerbacks in football, but right now the Bills are humming 3-1 and one, uh, back on top of the AFC East. And, you know, I, I was worried about them and Josh Allen playing too much hero ball and him being turnover prone. Now we'll see if his hot start can lead to a hot finish or carry them throughout the year. This team should be in the playoffs when it's all said and done, but Sean McDermott's doing... You know, the defense looks strong, led by McDermott. The offense looks strong, led by Niners legend Ken Dorsey. <laughs> um, but the Bills look great. My number three team so far um, could easily jump inside the top two, depending on what happens to San Francisco and Philadelphia this week. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles up one spot. When you're 4-0, you can't not be at least number two. The Eagles, though, I will say this, of the two undefeated teams, and I can argue of the Cowboys, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Niners, and Philadelphia, I think have kind of struggled their way to being 4-0. Um, again, Patriots, who are a bad team, week one, had them on the ropes late. Then you had the Vikings, who should have beat them 
in primetime on Thursday. Then you have this past week against the, the Commanders. Philadelphia, you're 4-0. I want to give you your kudos, but it's been a struggle to get there, but you're 4-0. Um, I did struggle giving this spot to Buffalo, but you're undefeated. You have to be at least number two in my eyes. Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts playing a lot better football. A.J. Brown had his breakout game this week. They're still a really good team. They're 4-0. Kind of eke their way there and kind of trudge away you know, to get there, but Philadelphia still looks really strong. The defense isn't as good as last year, but Jalen Carter's playing, playing great. Fletcher Cox looks good. Um, in Washington and Philadelphia always match up well against each other, so we'll see if that carries over into week five and six and seven, but through four weeks, Philadelphia is my number two team. And well, it's pretty obvious who number one is because you're reigning, defending number one ranked team since the NFL season began. The San Francisco 49ers, they're four and oh, took it to the Arizona Cardinals have really not been tested yet this year. And I don't mean that in a way of they haven't played good teams. San Francisco has played better teams than Dallas has. And people were saying, well, the Cowboys have played this and that. San Francisco's played nobody. It's not the case. San Francisco has yet to struggle really at all this year. The Rams game probably being their biggest test so far. They were tied at halftime and won that game basically by 10 points. They've yet to lose a game this year. They put up 35 points against the Cardinals, where the Cowboys only put up 16. I'm not taking shots there, although the game on Sunday has me hyped. Already looking to preview that game later on this week. But right now, San Francisco finds themselves being 4-0, the best team in football so far. Chris McCaffrey on pace for 2,000 yards on the ground and 30 touchdowns. He's been the MVP in my eyes, not being a homer, just being honest. The defense looks really good so far, having yet to give up 30 points in a game, having yet to give up 23 or over 23 points in a game. This defense is still really strong. Um, only given up three or two big plays this year. And I can argue, well, they have not reached their peak yet. Nick Bosa... One of the best players in football on the defensive side has only one sack this year, but they're starting to get pressure. The dam is starting to break. Javon Hargrave's been one of the best signings this offseason. The offense looks strong. They're getting healthier. Devo should be back out there for full capacity against Dallas. Ayuk's been one of the most underrated receivers in football, and Brock Purdy, what else can you say, looks like a top-five quarterback in football so far. I'm not trying to be a homer, just trying to be honest. The San Francisco 49ers are still the best team in football. All 32 teams right there. My power rankings for or through week four of the NFL season going into week number five. The top five once again, the Cowboys, Dolphins, Bills, Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers. Want to thank you for watching. Want to thank you for listening. Want to ask you one more time to like, share, and subscribe. Use our promo code at SeatGeek.com. 49ers access for $20 off your first purchase. You can also follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. 49ers.access is the Instagram. 
My name is Sterling Bennett saying thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned later on this week for my preview of the Niners and Cowboys and Sunday night football could change these power rankings in a big way. So stay tuned for that. With all that being said, this has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful.